Welcome to the Fight Shed Podcast, a podcast that recaps the best of both MMA and boxing events of the past weekend and previews the biggest combat sports events for the next week. Thank you for listening and supporting the Fight Shed Podcast. I'm Daniel, and as always, my co-host, Alan Kirk. Hello, hello. How are you, sir? Good, good. How was your weekend? Well, Daniel, I went and cosplayed. I dressed up for a movie. Barbie. I didn't dress up like Barbie. Dressed Ken. up like Ken. Yeah, yeah. You dressed Went, up like Ken? Yeah, Ken. to go see see that movie. Isn't that what you're supposed to do? I guess. I mean, you could still see it without dressing up. Oh. Well, maybe I didn't do any of that. <laughs> but I know a lot of people around the world did. Yeah, they Holy sure did. Holy tamale. Yeah, they sure did. Um, did you watch, You didn't watch the movie? I did not. I've gotten a lot of reviews, though. I'm, I'm not going to spend my money on Barbie. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, but I figure the movie watcher like you has probably seen one of the two f- big, big movies. movies this weekend. Did I you? sure did. I sure did. And how What's was Barbie? The perc- what percentage of those two movies do you think that I watched? I think it's 50%, right? Didn't you watch one of the two? I watched both of them. What? Yeah, one Friday night I went, and then Saturday I went. Now, it was packed busy, right? It was busy. It was okay. It's not too bad. Not Friday, too bad? Friday I went about 4.30. Oh, and then um, which one did you see on Friday? Friday I saw Oppenheimer, and there was a lot of older people in there. Like there's a lot of uh, you know sixty, seventy year old people. Okay, and one through ten, where did you, where did you what did you uh, put it? About an eight point four, probably. Oh yeah, that's, that's what good. I've been hearing about. An yeah, eight. really good, really, really good. good. You got to pay attention because um, you can get lost because it jumps back and oh, forth, it does? back and forth. But okay. um, spoiler alert, they dropped the bomb. What? <laughs> yeah, I know. You Shucker. ruined it for all of us, I didn't know. you? Shucker, huh? Yeah, yeah. I also heard uh, there was a little bit of nudity in this movie, too. There was. There was, yeah. It, my, I took my 15-year-old, and my wife was putting her hands over her eyes. And mine, too. She didn't want me to see either. <laughs> I had, yeah, I had uh, some people that I asked uh, to review it or whatever, and they're like, yeah, we took our kids. Yeah. Did not know there was going to be breasts on the scene. And well, I thought that. I didn't. I read the because IMBD is shows tells you everything that's on there, uh-huh. and I don't remember reading that part that about nudity. I think there was like a you know it said something about you know a bare woman's back or whatever. Yeah. But they didn't. I didn't. Maybe I just didn't read it right. Right. And then Saturday, mm-hmm. you went to Barbie. I went to go see Barbie. Everyone's over here dressed up, going crazy. Barbie mania. And it took was my it, little nine-year-old. Took my fifteen-year-old. It wasn't seven-year-olds. It was now the other. It was yeah, and variety. That, yeah, okay. yeah. And uh, so my my daughter and her friends went excited. Then, uh, Were yeah, they excited? They're to excited see it? just to watch okay. it. Um, so we spent you know Friday Saturday morning looking for you know a Barbie shirt for my kids. Uh, my daughter got a dress that <sighs> wow. was all glittery, kind of Barbie-ish, and. We went um, out of ten. Out of ten, I'm gonna say I'm. Okay, I'm gonna really say probably about an eight for me. That's what I heard. Yeah, it's it's not the Barbie movie that you're thinking of. If you want to see a Barbie movie that you're thinking of, watch the cartoon uh, movies or videos that right. uh, that are on TV because those are funny. I watch them because I have little girls and and they're so funny. They can be. Uh, have you ever seen Cat in the Hat? I have. It's almost, some of those can be just like that, just yeah. those little innuendos. You're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they're doing yeah. that. But it's it's Barbie. It's just funny. Um, same. This one was had a message into it. You know, just had. I I feel like it was uh, an empowering message for women. Wow, really? Yeah, I think. Okay, so. and it was campy. It was kind of funny it was funny of. yeah it was okay. funny yeah it okay. was funny it was um live action right I mean it's like a real. 
Life Barbie. And, I heard you know, Ken has a, a singing part. Has several singing oh, parts. Oh, okay. I'm going to tell you that, um, spoiler alert, okay, you can pause it or skip it 10 seconds. <laughs> okay. There's uh, two Marvel heroes in that movie, but not necessarily playing Marvel heroes. Stop but it. But they're actors that play Marvel heroes. You know DC are, is available. Why they always go with Marvel? I don't I understand. I know. And this guy's pretty big. Like he's, oh, he's really? A good, he's, a, he's one of those up-and-comer new Marvel. Oh, ones. really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so okay. Yeah, yeah. So so, do you see a Barbie two in the future? I mean, they made enough money too. I mean, they yeah. made double than Oppenheimer this past weekend. Wow. So I'm pretty sure Barbie two can come out. They said that uh, both of them got over eighty million dollars, and well, in the same weekend. Yeah. Well, actually, I think by by the end of the weekend, uh, Barbie had 162 million. The last time that happened, more most recent, it was 2007. It was the, the Dark Knight with Heath Ledger, and then Mamma Mia. And um, uh, quick fact, yeah, the the um, the director of Dark Knight is also the director of Oppenheimer. Chris Nolan, yes, Christopher Nolan, yeah, yes, yes. Awesome. So both both of the movies, eh? Wow, he's, he's uh, bro- broken records. Awesome. And okay. And another spoiler alert. Oh, no. <laughs> There's also a superhero in Oppenheimer. What? Yeah, like a Marvel superhero. A Marvel superhero. Yeah, he's in Oppenheimer. And you don't recognize him until you're like, holy crap, that's... that's okay, but it's the guy who plays a superhero, or is it the actual superhero? Oh, no, it's the guy who plays it, of okay. course. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Well, I mean, I, you could have argued that Captain America was around then at that time. And yeah. that maybe he could have yeah. showed up. I mean, because yeah, that was Steve Rogers back in the 20s, right? right? right so, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, that sounds like a fun weekend. And you had a family weekend, too, right? Yeah, I had a family, family weekend. Yeah, just nice. hanging out with the family. Um, yeah, so that's, um, that's we've been watching the movies. My wife and I like to go watch movies. Yeah, so of course. Out. But this time, we included the kids. That's awesome. <laughs> You how? What else did you do? Nothing. Nothing. That's why I was <laughs> leaning on your weekend. Right. I I worked till I had to work all weekend, pretty much till four o'clock on Saturday. Uh, I did catch the fights that was in the middle of the afternoon in the UK, so I got that. Um, and then of course Saturday night was Combosa, and then you know you know what happened this morning at four a.m. Yeah, we had did. another boxing match over in Japan, so it was kind of a, a busy weekend for fighting. Yeah, definitely. Well, let's go ahead and just kick off our boxing segment for this past week weekend. Um, we have George Combosis Jr. versus Maxi Hughes. This was live from Oklahoma, from the Lake Fire, Fire Lake Arena in Swanee, Oklahoma, July 22nd. Combosis came in 14-1 and with seven knockouts, ranked number one in the division. Hughes was actually, I believe, the champion of this division, 14-2 and with six knockouts, ranked seventh in the division. A fight that clearly had one fighter winning the boxing match and ended up in much controversy. Yeah, Combosis came in um, looking to avenge, not avenge, but looking to kind of build off his last fight. Yeah, and um, trying to come up and and uh, kind of prove the naysayer wrong, naysayers wrong because he's had those two losses to uh, Haney. Well, in my opinion, I don't think he proved them wrong <laughs> because. I thought Hughes won each of those rounds. I mean, he was controlling that fight. Well, you're not alone because um, there are some people that you know do this are saying the same thing. We even had a judge at the end because it did go to decision um, that said that had it a draw, fourteen fourteen one fourteen one fourteen. Do you think it was even a draw? Um, I don't know. I mean, 
it wasn't the same combosis that we thought we saw the fire with uh yes. Teofimo Lopez, right? Yes. Yeah. Right. It wasn't. Um the decision was one seventeen to one eleven, one fifteen, one thirteen, and one fourteen, one fourteen for a majority decision win. Do you think it was one seventeen to one eleven? How can one judge sit there and have a dead draw? Yeah. And the other one watching the same fight is basically saying that one fi- fighter dominated the fight. Like, I don't understand. It's totally absurd. But again, we s- we're seeing this over and over in boxing. It seems more and every, more. Probably combat sports in general, yeah. right? Um, I don't know what's what can the answer be or what would will be the answer. I mean, we don't. And I think the other thing is that we every single state has their own commission. Does it need to? Does, does it, should there be a federal commission on boxing or something like where, where the judges? That's a federally sanctioned judge. Yes, there should be. And and here's the problem though, boxing judging's been around for almost a hundred years. Like, how are you going to fix that hundred year problem? Because it's it happens all the time, and it feels like. With all our technology and with all the uh, information we now have at our fingertips, it seems like it happens more often than not now. Right. Combosa Jr. now 21-2. and two. He is now the IBF World Light Heavyweight Champion. Um, I mean, I don't know what's next for him. Well, he... he- He's the interim IBF, I believe. Okay. He's ranked second uh, now in the IBF. Uh, we all believe Devin Haney is going to be moving up in weight, and he'll vacate that title. So I believe, and what he believes, is they're going to finally lock horns. It's going to be a fight for that IBF title, Kambosis versus Lomachenko. Lomachenko, yeah. Um, Who wins that fight? Lomachenko. I think so, too. I don't know where Kambosis is gone. I said uh, last week, I said, hey, where's Kambosis' head after two Devin Haney right, losses? Where's right. his head? And against a Maxi Hughes, who, you know, you know, for, for the most part, he's not a bigger name in the division at this point. Right. right. No. And now he's, he's going to fight against Lomachenko, probably the biggest name in the division for some people. And Lomachenko lost the last fight by the judges, but we really firmly believe he won. Right. So Lamachenko looks at his best right now. Kambosis, uh jury's out. Yeah. How about for uh, Maxi Hughes? Man, he's a great fighter. I thought he got robbed uh, by the judges tonight. Um, I'd like to give him another top ten tenor in this division. Let's just see where he stands. Right. Um, and that brings us to our Tuesday not morning match where we had... Stephen Fulton Jr. versus Noya Inouye in a super bantamweight division clash for three titles that were on the line. Now, am I out of line to ask, did you watch this fight? I did not, sir. Not at 4 a.m. in the morning. I'm assuming you did not either. I didn't watch it, but I watched a little bit of highlights. I did too. And, man, from everything that I can tell, Inouye did not miss a beat. I say this all the time on the podcast when he fights. The monster does what the monster does. He demolishes the competition. I mean, Stephen Fulton did come in um, with an undefeated record, twenty-one and zero. He did help hold the boat, the titles. He was a bigger person, right? The big, in a way, jumping up in weight. Yep. And um, you know, taking his first stab at this division, and man, he took he took Stephen Fulton's soul. I mean, for the lack of words, because I saw his he get he did get a TKO in the eighth round. Um, did you see that part? 
I did. I did. I oh, mean, flush on his chin. Flush. Right. And, you know, Stephen Fulton did make the count. He did get up. The ref gave him a little bit of chance, but he was so wobbly, um, you know, within the next few seconds and, in a way, just went in for the kill. Yeah. You know, he pretty much controlled the fight anyway from the opening round. Fulton could not get any offensive go- going at all. Um, those heavy hands and speed of the monster is just too quick for this competition at this point. Yeah, I mean, I mean, who's Inoue wins the championships now, and is he already set to try to unify? Does she? Does he go after Topless now? Well, what what are we saying? What's next for him? Uh, I mean. I'm saying sky's the limit, but here's my problem. I don't know what the limit that is at this point. I mean, this man keeps going up in, in, in weight divisions, and he keeps dominating every person that puts in front of him. He said that this it's been five years since he was a challenger. He was technically a challenger in this one, and now he's a champion. And I'm going to tell you, I think that the, I think he's going to fight for the other two titles in Topolis. I think he's fighting him next. Yeah, Marlon Topolis, he is the WBA and also the IBF t- title holder. Um, man, yeah, I think in a way should just go ahead and go get the clean sweep in this division. And then what? After that, go next level? Here's the thing that, that I, I found, a couple things that I found really interesting. So he literally is a four-division champ. He was a champ at 112, light flyweight. He was a champ at 116, junior bantamweight. He was a champ at 118, bantamweight. And he is now a champ at 122, super bantamweight. So, with that being said, let's move him up. All right? I mean, that's what uh, he's going to move up to 126 pounds, featherweight. So, he will be fighting. Here's some chance. Tell me how, how he fares. Brandon Figueroa, does he beat him? I mean, yeah, I, I'm going to have to say yes because Figueroa has had that loss, and I think it was maybe to Stephen Fulton. I'm not sure, but yeah. I think so. Luis Alberto Lopez, 28-2, IBF World Featherweight Champion. He, he beat him? I think so, too. I'm pretty sure, yeah. What about Ray Vargas? Uh, yeah, uh, an older Ray Vargas. So, no, I think he'd beat him. That's right. Robis Ramirez? 13 and 1. He's the WBO. Um, he actually fought that night too on the same card. But um, yeah, uh, I think I, I, I'm not, I don't see anybody here that can beat in a way. Last champion in this division, Lee Wood. Is he beating Lee Wood? No, Lee Wood. No, no. Hold on. Did you just say that the monster is losing to Lee Wood? No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, you misinterpreted okay. mis- uh, what, okay. what I meant by, by no. It's like, nah, Lee Wood won't won't beat. Okay. Uh, in a way. <laughs> okay. So he will then be a five division champ. Okay. Yeah. Let I know we're getting way ahead of ourselves. Yeah. A couple years <laughs> from now, but let's just go one more. Just just for the for the fun of it. So he now makes it to super featherweight, 130 pounds. Does he beat Joe Cordina, 16-0? I, I'm gonna say yes. I, he does. I am too. Yeah. Hector Garcia, 16 and 1. I think so, too. I mean, just because Hector Garcia is probably still green. O'Shea Foster, who just got the belt. Just got the belt. Another one. I don't think so. And then the man in this division, Emmanuel Navarrete. Is he beating him? I don't know. 
That's a tough one. That right? for me is there. That that's that kind of and there's a lot that's going to have to happen in a couple of years. You know, is yeah. in a way stay healthy. I mean, there could be a lot. The other thing too, a couple of years in Manuel Navarrete won't be in this division. That's right. That's right. So the other thing I've got for you is now that he's a four division champ. Okay, I looked up the top five boxers with the most division titles. Right. And so I'm going to ask you to throw some names out. Who do you think is in that top five? Most division titles? Mm-hmm. Canelo Alvarez. Canelo Alvarez is not on this no. list. Mayweather? Mayweather. He is number three with five division titles. Um, okay. How about a uh, Julio Cesar Chavez? He is not on the list. Okay. No, I don't. Okay. Number five, Thomas Hearns. Oh, Thomas Hearns. Wow. Five division wow. titles. At number four, Sugar Ray Leonard. Five titles. Okay. Number three, of course, is Mayweather. Five titles. Okay. Number two, Oscar De La Hoya. Wow, okay. Six division titles. Six. And the number one guy who actually is having another fight come up. Okay. Manny Pacquiao. Eight division titles. Manny Pacquiao. Started at flyweight. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? And so he went up eight divisions. He went up eight divisions. Yes, wow. sir. So I uh, I know we uh, talked a little bit, obviously, a lot about uh, what anyway's going to do. What do you think the for- former champ's going to do now, Fulton? Oh, Stephen Fulton. I mean, I mean, I think he just ran into that mass truck. I mean, I I think he's still a contender. I think he's still worthy, but I, I don't see him taking the belts back anytime soon. You read my notes because I, I said, you know what? He beats everyone else in this division, but it's like a tornado. Just hunk him down, yeah. let it pass, let the monster do his thing here. And then when he goes up away, go get your titles back. Because right. I think Fulton's still a great fighter. He just ran into a super elite fighter, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. Yep. Well, that brings us to probably pro- the biggest boxing event of summer 2023, probably in the last maybe 10 years. Yeah, maybe. absolutely. I mean, I don't know. That's my opinion. Terrence Crawford versus Errol Spence Jr. This was going to be live from the T-Mobile Arena July 29th. Um, this is for the WBC, WBO, and IBF, and also the WBA Super Titles um, this Saturday night. This is at the Walter Wade Division, 147 pounds. Terrence Crawford, Earl Spence Jr., Jerome Boots Ennis, and Emetis Stanionis is our current champions. Now, Earl, the true Spence Jr., is 33 years old, 28 and 0, 22 KOs. He is currently ranked first in this division. His last fight was a win by TKO in the 10th round, April of last year, and he debuted. In 2012. Now, Terrence Bud Crawford is 35 years old, 39 and 0 with 30 KOs. He is currently ranked second in this division. His last fight was a win by KO in the sixth round, December of last year, and he debuted in 2008. Now, Crawford is a favorite at a minus 175, and Spence is the underdog at a plus 150. Terrence Crawford is from Omaha, Nebraska. He stands at 5'8 with a 74-inch reach, fighting out of the southpaw uh, fight stance. He now has a 76% knockout rate with notable wins against David Advizian, Sean Porter, and Kell Brook. Earl Spence Jr. is from Dallas, Texas. He stands at 5'9 with a 72-inch reach, fighting out of the southpaw fight stance. His notable wins come against 
Jordanis Ugas, Danny Garcia, and Sean Porter. They are both undefeated. What a fight. I have been praying to the boxing gods that nothing happens before Saturday. Are you surprised Earl Spence Jr. is the underdog? I am surprised. I now, am surprised. Now, too. me personally, I, I, I like Crawford, so you know, I would I would argue no, I'm not surprised because I think Crawford's better, but I think most most people being ranked number one in this division and undefeated, kind of surprising he is the underdog. How's the, the crazy thing is that he's ranked number one, but he only has one title. Carl yeah. Spence Jr. has WBC, IBF, and the WBA, but the Super Welterweight. Kind of, kind of strange, right? Yeah. So, we've been talking about it for weeks. Who do you finally gonna pick for this fight? Well, let's just one thing interesting that um I I see is that Earl Spence Jr. has not fought in four hundred and sixty nine days. Terrence Crawford has not fought in 231 days. So, Rust? I hope not, because I'm picking Earl Spence Jr. by TKO in the eighth round. Wow, TKO. Got that body shot. That is is aggressive, sir. Well, you know where I'm going. I'm going Crawford, and I'll tell you what. I'll go by TKO in the eighth round. The eighth round is going to be exciting. All right, well, again, that's going to be this Saturday night, July 29th, from the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada, on pay-per-view. So be sure to catch that. I will catch it, for sure. That brings us to our boxing news and notes. Francis Naganu says Tyson Fury is in some regret if he's not taking their fight seriously. Francis Ngannou says the fight isn't some expedition for him and that he is coming to prove all doubters wrong. Francis Ngannou isn't simply counting on his punching power to topple Tyson Fury. Ngannou says that he will be coming prepared to box the heavyweight champion and expects to win the fight on all, all the cards if that's the way it has to go. So, my question to you is, do you think that this fight's going to be more entertaining than the Mayweather-McGregor fight? Um, I don't think so. I don't think it's a boy. The entertaining part of McGregor Mayweather was the build up for the fight. Absolutely. That was, and I don't see, um, the thing is because Mayweather could talk and so can Conor McGregor. I don't see France, uh, Francis Ngannou, you know, taking the bait and, and bringing character or whatever, or being a different character to meet, to get to the expectations of Tyson Fury, who is a mouth, right? He can talk. Right. Uh, will they do more pay-per-views than the McGregor fight? Uh, mm. So they did 2.1. Will they get to even half? 2.1? No, I don't know. Not at all. I think this is that was just one of the most craziest thing ever yeah, it in, was. in combat sports. Yep. Well, just like as we said, in Noya Inouye, he is now the champion. And it looks like ESPN is jumping on the, the bandwagon already and uh, just taking advantage of Noya Inouye and already setting up a planned undisputed 122-pound clash for November against Marlon Tuplis. Can we ask ESPN and the promoters to please quit doing that Tuesday at 4 a.m. and bring him to the <laughs> right. States? I mean, seriously. Yeah, no. I it mean, would. Hopefully they're it's not be getting done. the exposure they really need to get from this champion. The, the crazy thing about it, so in a way, he's Japanese and Tapolis is Filipino. So what is it going to stay in the, in, in the it's East? It's going to. You know it is. I hope not. I hope not, too, because I think that would be pretty big. I mean, especially let's get Monster 
some notoriety here because Absolutely. he's still so underrated, right? I mean, I think if we go out in the streets and we ask, do you know who Noya the monster in a way is? And people would be like, I have, they have no, no idea. idea. My girl had no idea when I told her about the fight this morning. And she actually was doing pickums for boxing and she still didn't know who the guy is. So, <laughs> you know, when, but when I said, do you know who Tyson Fury is? Or, yeah. Well, you know who oh, yeah. Canelo is? Yeah. So, yeah, he needs some exposure. Right. Tim Tizu, Tim Tizu says Jamel Charlo should be stripped for opting to fight Canelo at 168. Tim Tizu says Jamel Charlo is holding up the division by being allowed to retain his junior middleweight titles as he gets ready to face Canelo Alvarez. Tim was due to fight for the Jamel Charlo's title, and now it is on hold. So, should he be stripped? No, I don't think so. I mean, we don't strip uh, Canelo Alvarez. Are you talking about Canelo? No. Or, yeah, Charlo. I mean, it's just, I think Canelo has, hasn't fought in his own division in several years, I think. And we don't strip and him, right? We don't right? strip him. Yeah. So, I got a question. Do you think Charlo fighting Canelo, he doesn't really have anything to lose, right? I mean, he has everything to gain by, by beating him, right? Because he's not losing his title. And technically, he wasn't asked to fight him. He just kind of said, all right, I'll step I'll in. I'll step in for my brother. I mean, this could be a very big risk for Canelo. Could be. Um, but it's like, um, it's a really big reward for Charlo. I, I know. Mean, look how much money that he's going to be making. I know. And how much he's, he's going to, the revenue and the name, the notoriety. People are finally going to see who Charlo is, this Charlo. Yes. And um, I think it's a win win for him. Like you said, yeah. Yep. I do. Looks like Golden Board Promotions announced to, uh, today that, that they're signing the number one ranked WBA super lightweight. Uh, contender O'Hara Tank Davies, the mandatory WBA challenger to Roly Romero. So that finally sets the paves away for a uh, mandatory fight for Roly Romero. That's exciting news. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I can't wait to see if they can get that that fight done. According to uh, Golden Boy, they say that we are in the business of making world champions and we will make O'Hara Davies one of them under our promotional family. Well, then make it happen. There you go. Do you have any other news? I do not. All right. Well, that wraps things up for our boxing segment. Now on to our MMA segment for this week. This week, we will be recapping UFC Fight Night Aspinall versus Tibera live from the O2 Arena in London, England. Kicking off a recap, we do have Nathaniel Wood versus Andre Feely in a featherweight division clash. A back-and-forth fight where we saw both fighters go down at one point in the match. Nathaniel Wood came in 19-5. and His last win was this past December against jo- Charles Jordan. Feely, he's, his, he came in 22-9 and with his last win coming in September of 2022. Wood with a two-fight winning streak, and they both, I mean, they it was start to, to first round, kicking it off, Andre Feely looked really good. Yeah, I, I mean, they both started off fast. Yeah, they did it start It was a off. fast pace, getting their shots in, trying to knock each other out. Right, and then Feely just landing a really good shot yeah. against Wood, putting him on the ground. Yes, they both got put on the ground. Yeah, and the, yeah exactly. And yeah. so um, second round, I think Nathaniel Wood, Turned up at us another notch. Yep, he did, and uh, got Philly down really good too. Also, yeah, absolutely. But man, it just it was back and forth this whole fight, right? I mean, there was a point where Nathaniel Wood looked like he was dead to rights. <laughs> there but was 
there was points in this fight where I thought Feely was gonna Win? gonna f- finish it, yeah, and then Wood was gonna finish it, and then Feely, and then Wood right. back and well, forth. It's just like a, I think whatever the point where Feely had Wood on the ground, yeah, um, he should have stood him back up because he, he yes. was he was not all he was there. hurt. Yeah, he was hurt. But um, in the end, we do have Nathaniel Wood winning by unanimous decision, 29-28, 29-28, 29-28, 29-28. Feely was devastated with the decision. What do you think? How do you feel about the judges' scores? They were fine. These judges did the – I think these judges, if they would have had it going the opposite way, I would have been happy with it. There was no, you know – 45 to whatever right, we right. normally see. Yeah. You know what I mean? So so I, I gave uh, Feely the first round, and then I gave the last two rounds sure. to Wood. Sure. And that's how I – that's yeah. the score that I got. Yeah, it was close every round. Uh, Nathaniel Wood now ranked 15th in the division. What do you think is next for him? 20-5, and 7-2 and two in the UFC. Nate Wood is now 3-0 and oh at featherweight in the UFC. I think he's ready for a ranked opponent. I think the ranked opponent at 13th, Bryce Mitchell, should be next for him. Wow, I kind of really went. I went reaching for this guy for Nathaniel Wood. You went fast tracking. I fast. You fast tracked him. Where yeah, you fast track pro- this guy? Probably somewhere not good. Okay, Danny Gay. No, yeah. 50 k e gay. Yeah. Woo boy, you jumped him up. But the way Wood looked against Feely, right? He he, when he was in trouble, he figured it out. He may be ready for Danny Gay. Um, how about for Andre Feely, who's had had a tough. You know, last six fights. 22 and 10, 10 and 9 in the UFC. Tough loss, uh, but I thought it was hard fought by him. Uh, I think a Damon Jackson right below him coming off a loss as well should be next. Um, I like someone a little bit lower than him. Uh, it's Julian Erosa, who's also coming off a loss. Sure. So something that kind of get him yeah. back on track because he looks so good. I he think did. Even his last, um, he won his last fight, but uh, last couple of fights, he just hasn't really shown up or, he, or the decision was against him. And um, But I, I really ha- hope that Andre Feely hits 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 the, I guess it hits a stride and starts winning and get, you know, getting back into the, up the, the upper echelons of the uh, division. Yeah, I mean, now he's won three and one. He's 33 years old, so he's still in his prime. Yeah, yeah I want to see him back in that win column. Next up, we have Molly McCann versus Julia Sterlienko in a co-main event of the evening. Um, this was in the flyweight division. A co-main event that had big things on in the line of these two featherweights. Sterlienko, he came in 10-7. and seven. And McCann, 30, 13 and five. Now the last the last fight that Storylanko had or last win was against Jessica Rose Clark, where she won with the armbar. And the last win, the last fight for McCann was a loss to Aaron Blanchfield. Here's the thing with Molly: she has fought two really tough fighters. These, you know, for her ranking, uh, she's really they've really thrown her, her to the wolves, in my opinion. I think so too. I think that they they try to match her up with someone they they could fight that could or that she could probably be successful with. But the thing is, they they uh, they overestimated her grounded game. They did, and because Sally Ranko just and she has a history. She has ten wins now. This is her tenth or eleventh. She's win. never knocked anybody out. Never knocked anybody out. She's always won by dis- by submission. You know, the only th- problem with Stoly Stoly has been her missing weight. That yeah. she has missed weight quite a bit. 
it looked like she was fine in this one, right. and it looks to me like this could be her new home if she can maintain that weight. The interesting thing is about Starly Banko, she also um, missed one of her fights because she passed out or nearly fainted yeah. on the weight scale, and so she yeah. had to not fight. She probably didn't fight almost for over a year, and so, yeah, she looked impressive. She made short work of Molly McCann. Here's the thing that we have figured out now with Molly. She needs to work on the grappling because now she has been – uh, submitted twice in two fights. Twice. So, do we have uh, an opponent now for Sterling Ankle? Well, she's eleven and seven. Uh, she's eleven and seven. A win over a very hyped name opponent. Um, like I said, as long as she can cut weight, this may have some new opportunities in this new new division. I'm going to start to ride the bottom. You know, I, Ivana Patrick at number 44th. Might as well start her there and just move her on up. Oh, wow. You know, I think I was looking at um, maybe her original division because I have her ranked 23rd um, according to the ranking. So she might have been in a different division. But I have maybe her fighting a Jasmine Jurdavicious um, who's uh, ranked, I think, a few more spots above her. So you want to leave her at her intended weight. Yes. Don't make her move down. No, not down. No, I don't think so. But she looked good, right? Okay, but and she looked bigger than, than her did. opponent. So yeah. if she could make this weight, she could have a size advantage over the people in that, in, you know, That's those true. fighters, you know? How about for Meatball Molly McCann? Who? Tough one, 13 and 6, 6 and 5 now in the UFC. Uh, she was not really in this one. Now two straight losses. Uh, you know, she needs to right this ship, find a fight to get back in the wing, co- wing column, but I don't think it needs to be against a ranked opponent. Wow. And again, I think I was looking at a uh, different, uh, um, rankings and I had her ranked 24th. I have her maybe matching up against a Karina Silva. Is it a striker? Cause I don't, I hope it's not a grappler. Yeah. That, you know, that's the thing. Yep. Next up, we do have the main event of the evening, Tom Aspinall versus Marcin Tibera in a heavyweight division clash. A fight that showcased two heavyweights and could propel one of them into a title shot talks with a win. Tom Aspinall does come in 12-3, and three, ranked number 7th in the division. Tibera, 24-7, ranked number 8. Now, Aspinall's last fight was last, almost a year to the exact date against Curtis Blades where he was injured. It looked like he literally picked up where he had left off before that knee injury. Yeah, and then the thing is <laughs> that Mar- Marcin Tiberia, he is on a seven. He's seven and one in the last eight fights. Yeah, really surging in the division. Um, not a pushover. Has had several fight of the nights. I mean, this is not just anyone that no. can just a tune up fight for That's right. Aspinall. That's right. Um, but man, he did. He just. Dominate. Dominated. I looked so quick. Wasn't even concerned with his knee because first thing you see, you see him throwing a kick. I love when fighters come back from injury right. and the first thing they do is test whatever that injury was because, right. like you said, the very first strike he threw wasn't even a, uh, a hand strike. It was a leg strike. I think unofficially that Tibera didn't even land or any shots on um, Aspinall at all, like didn't even get one hit on him. He I looked think, so good. I think officially there was probably four strikes landing. Yeah, but unofficially none. Amazing. Tom Aspinall does defeat Marcin Tiberia by TKO with an with elbows and punches in the first round. Uh, one minute and thirteen minute seconds in the first round. Amazing. But I, I'll have to uh, tell you a little stat ending this night. Wasn't very good for Team Britain that night. Uh, he was actually the only one. That one as a Briton, Danny Roberts, Danny Grant, Jal Herbert, and Molly McCann all lost. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah you know what? Um, 
I did hear that uh, that you know the Britain didn't fare well no. this time. No. Um, what do you think's next for Tom Aspinall? Thirteen and three, six and one in the UFC. Outstanding win against a tough heavyweight. He said in post fight, he's headed to Paris for the serial gone versus Spivak fight. I'm going to beat that winner, and then I'm going to beat John Jones. <laughs> so, what do you think of his statement? Ooh. Um, those are those are, I mean, I guess that that would be a, that's one route to go to get the championship. I have another route that maybe go to the championship. Okay, because the, I think so. He's implying that the winner of the Paris fight, Spivak and Gan, will meet the challenger. That's that. That's like the next stop before the yeah, championship. Yeah, he's, sa- he's saying. He's saying that the winner of that fight won't fight for a title because technically Gone lost the Jones, right? Yeah, right? Exactly. And Spivak is not really up there yet. So mm. yeah, he's saying the winner will then be the eliminator fight right. to get to Jones. So I don't think it's it should go that way. I should I think it should go against Sergey Pavlich and Tom Aspinall fights John jo- the winner of John Jones and um But what if Pavlich loses to Gone? And Aspinall's never beat Gone. No, no, you're, you're saying Spivak. It's Spivak. Yeah. yeah, I'm th- talking oh, about Pavlovich. Yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Here's my problem, though. Right. There's a lot of discussion that Jones will not even be there by the time he gets there because Jones is going to retire after this next fight. That's a lot of speculations, too. I've heard that also. You know? Yeah. I mean, what is the advantage for Jones to stick around and fight the winner of Pavlovich and Aspinall? Well, I think that's the one reason why you keep you know? mentioning his name. To keep saying his name, keep you have taunting to. him. You have to, you know. So just one more fight, you know. And if you really want that fight, that big mega payday, keep keep teasing the lion. So going down your your line of thinking, who wins, Pavlovich or Aspinall? Um, oh man. right now recency bias. I, I'm gonna say Aspinall. And does Aspinall beat Jones? I'm gonna say right now, yes. I would too. Yeah. I I think it, it's more uh, more of an argument that he can versus anybody else in this right. division. To be anybody, honest with yeah, you, exactly. Yeah. He has more of a chance to yeah. win than anyone else. Yeah. Uh, so, what did you think of the card? Um, man, I think it was kind of lackluster. Very. It wasn't a lot. I think up until the Paul Craig match, uh, Paul Craig really started off the actual action. Yep. Other than that, I mean, there was a preliminary fight that did uh, win, actually, um, a fight of the night. What was it? That was Johnny Parsons versus Danny Roberts. It was the main event in the preliminary fight. Nice. And so that was the fight of the night. Do you know who was performances of the night? It's got to be Aspinall. Yes. Paul Craig looked great. Paul Craig, yeah. He looked phenomenal. Yeah, he did. Surprised that Sterling Ankle didn't get a fight of the night or a performance of the night? Not really. Wow, and you not even in so? front of the home crowd maybe. of Molly McCann. Yeah. Putting her in. Why they hate non women? I don't <laughs> understand. <laughs> right. But I mean, I guess if you had to put a ranking, I would put maybe about a. I'm going to be polite, seven. Probably seven. I said six, seven, five yeah. last week. I'm going to continue to say it. It was very lackluster. Well, do you think that you'll probably have the same grade for the week that's coming up next? I will not, sir. This one coming up is going to be fantastic. Yeah, and then we what well, we are now going to preview UFC 291 Poirier versus Gaethje 2. This is live this Saturday, July 29th, live from the Delta Center in Salt Lake City, Utah. 
Kicking off our preview, we do have Tony Ferguson versus Bobby Green in a lightweight division clash. This is at 155 pounds. Islam Makashev is our current champion. Now, Tony Ferguson is 39 years old, 25-8 and eight with 12 KOs, 8 submissions, and 5 decisions. He is currently unranked due to inactivity. His last fight was a loss by submission in the fourth round, September of last year, and he is on a five-fight losing streak. Now, Bobby King Green is 36 years old, 29 and 14, with 10 KOs, 8 submissions, 11 decisions. He is currently ranked 23rd in this division. His last fight was a no contest due to a clash of heads April of this year, and he's 1-2-1 in his last four fights. Green is a favorite, minus 330. Ferguson is an underdog at 260. Tony Ferguson is fighting out of Orange County, California. He stands at 6 foot with a 76.5-inch reach. Notable wins come against Donald Cerrone. Anthony Pettis, and Kevin Lee. Notable losses come against Nate Diaz, Michael Chandler, and Benil Darius. Bobby Green is from is fighting out of Fontana, California. He stands at 5'10 with a 71-inch reach. He represents Pinnacle MMA. Notable wins come against Narat Hasperat, Al Iaquenta, and Alan Patrick. Notable losses come against Drew Dober, Islam Makashev, and Derek Lewis. I have loved past tense watching yeah. Tony Ferguson fight. I am Me not too. excited about watching him fight either. Again. I mean, I think the last fight was, it was against who? Um, it was against uh, Nate Diaz. Nate Diaz. I, th- I don't think he was even. He was. He wasn't I, even there. No, it was yeah, terrible. It was in Jacksonville. Yeah, right. Was it was it? awful. It was awful. Um, yeah, I d- I don't like this fight as far as you know. Him coming out. Hopefully, it's a retirement fight. I hope he lays his, his uh, gloves down. Yeah, I, I really too. do. And I don't normally wish for things of that, but he's been an amazing fighter. It's time for him to ride off in the sunset. But against Bobby Green, Bobby Green is. He's a tough guy. He's a tough. Yeah. yeah. And I'm going to go ahead and pick Bobby Green by. I'm just going to give him a chance. Decision win by decision win. You read my notes. I'm going Bobby Green by decision. Well, that brings us to our co-main event of the evening, Jan Bohovic versus Alex Pieta in a light heavyweight division clash. This is at 205 pounds, and the title is currently vacated. Now, Jan Bohovic is 40 years old, 29 and 9 with 9 KOs, 9 decisions, and 9 submissions. He is currently ranked 4th in this division. His last fight was a draw December of last year, and he's 2-1-1 one one in his last four fights. Now, Alex Poton Piera is 36 years old, 7-2 with 6 KOs, 0 submissions, and 1 decision. He is currently unranked to due to moving up in weight. His last fight was lost by KO in the second round, April of this year, and he is 3-1 in his last four fights. Now, Bohovic is a minus 130, and Piera is a plus 110. Jan Bohovic is from Poland. He stands at 6'2 with a 78-inch reach. He represents Burkhardt WCA fight team. Notable wins come against Alexander Rocket, Israel Adesanya, and Dominic Reyes. Notable losses come against Glover Teixeira, Tiago Santos, and Patrick Cummins. Alex Pieta is from Brazil. He stands at 6'4 with a 79-inch reach. He represents Teixeira MMA. Notable wins come against Israel Adesanya, Sean Strickland, and Bruno Silva. Notable losses come against Israel Adesanya. This is going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one. Are you surprised this is, this is not a title fight? Shouldn't be a title fight. You don't think so? Nope. Not even with Jan Mahovic there? 
it's it's too soon to make that decision. Like he he Jamal Hill just vacated. Not even an interim. Maybe an interim. I'd be okay with the interim. Yeah, I just don't think for, it should be for the title. So who do you got in this one? It's a tough one. Oh man, it is tough. I didn't even get that far. Oh man, let's see. Wow, this is a tough one. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say Behovich. <clears throat> I'm gonna say Behovich by TKO by submission. By submission. By submission. Yeah. Okay. Pierre looked good. Looked big for the weight that he was at 185. I think this is perfect for him, and he's so a beast. Too. I think so. Too. I like Pierre by decision. Yeah. I mean, I would not be surprised if Pierre wins by standing up. You know, the the, the reason yeah. why I'm picking Jan is because I think Jan will do uh, Adesanya, do him like he did Adesanya. Sure, and, absolutely. And just take him, him to down. the ground. Yeah. Yep. Well, that brings us to our main event of the evening for UFC 291. Dustin Poirier versus Justin Gaethje in a lightweight division clash. This is at 155 pounds. Islam Makhachev is our current champion. This is for the BMF title. Dustin the Diamond Poirier is 34 years old, 29 and 7 with 14 KOs, 8 submissions, and 7 decisions. He is currently ranked third in this division. His last fight was a win by submission in the third round, November of last year, and he's 3-1 and one in his last four fights. Now, Justin, the highlight gagey, is 34 years old, 24-4 and four with 19 KOs, one submission, and four decisions. He is currently ranked fourth in this division. His last fight was a win by decision, March of this year, and he's 2-2 two and two in his last four fights. Now, Poirier is a minus 135, and Gagey is a plus 115. Dustin Poirier is from Lafayette, Louisiana. He stands at 5'9". With a 72-inch reach, he represents American top team. Notable wins come against Michael Chandler, Conor McGregor, and Dan Hooker. Notable losses come against Charles Oliveira and Habib Nurmagomedov. Justin Gaethje is from Avarda, Colorado. He stands at 5'11". With a 69.5-inch reach, he represents Elevation Fight Team. Raphael, he, notable wins come against Rafael Favisiv, Michael Chandler, and Tony Ferguson. Notable losses come against Charles Oliveira and Habib Nurmagomedov. Another close one. Another one. Who do you have? I think it may surprise you. I have got Gagey by TKO in the second round. By T Gagey by TKO. I'm gonna have I'm gonna say Dustin Poirier by decision. By decision. You think it's going to decision? Yeah, I do. Man, it's gonna be a long fight. It's going to be a good it's fight. Gonna it's going to be a war. It's going to be a battle because decision. They don't know how to quit. I don't think, you know, I'm going to go ahead to change this. I'm going to say Dustin Poirier, if he wins, it's going to be. Submission, aren't you? Say no, it. it's going to no? be a TKO um, in the third round. Because okay. I don't see them going to distance because <laughs> that's a lot of brutality. They throw they throw bombs. Bombs. Hellmakers. And they take them. Like bad men do. Yeah. I just, I can't. Man, it's, it's going to be a great fight. Where are you setting the bar on this one? Well, I mean, have you seen the card? Uh, enlighten me. All right. Well, let's just go ahead and jump and see the other fighters on the card. They have Steven Thompson versus Michael Pieta. Wonder Boy? Wonder Boy. Ooh, I like that. The return of Michael Chiesa versus Kevin Holland. Oh, man, that's going to be brutal. 
Um, Derek Lewis is on this card in the preliminary. When boy has last he time? fallen from grace. Yeah, but he is the isn't he the uh, main fight? In the no, point? actually he's not. He's I mean, not. according to the last. Okay, and who's he, he fighting? He might be. He's fighting Marcos Ruggiero de Lima. Um, and then we got Tevin Giles. He's fighting. Ooh. Jake Matthews is also on the card. Love spot. it. CJ Vergara and Priscilla Cachareta and Miranda Maverick are fighting each other. I'm going to give it an 8-5. Already? Yeah. You know what? I mean, just I'm going to go ahead and, yeah, I'm going to go give it an 8-5 also. For the whole card. For the whole card. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Awesome. Exciting. Well, that brings us to our MMA news and notes. Broadcaster John Anik explains why Jan Bohovic and Alex Pereira at the UFC 291 should not be for the lightweight belt. John Anik said that I don't think it should be for the vacant title and maybe the promotion is going to reverse course. But I, but I think you just have to leave it as it is. The stakes are high, extremely high. It's a title eliminator. It's scheduled for three rounds. Perhaps they will be better aligned with a per-causa per calendar. It's certainly disappointing that Jamal Hill is no longer going to be a champion here, and as soon as his belt is put on the line, you really have to like to have a per or Jamal Hill to be part of the next title fight in the perfect world. So what do you think? Do you, do you agree that the title fight should at least have one of the former champs in it? Um, I mean, and which title was it? This is this is the vacant title that we're for the light heavyweight. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. well, I mean that's what I think that was my point is that Yamahovich should uh, have have been at least an interim or considered for that. What what Anik is saying though is that the title, the main title, right? If you're going to make a fight for the main title, should at least have one of the last two former fighters in it. You don't make it with two random oh, guys. Yeah. Okay, yeah, because because the thing is that if we do have someone that's that used to have the title. We have Yuri Perheshka, right? But he's coming off of the injury. That's right? correct. And, but he's due back in about three months. Hopefully, right? Hopefully yeah. three months. Of course. I mean, I don't know, dude. And, and here's That's the other problem. Tough. Here's the other problem. If we would have known a month ago, then you would have told Bohovic and Piera, hey, guys, yeah. you're going to be for the interim title. Yeah. It's going to be five rounds. Yeah. I don't want a three-round interim title fight. It needs to be five rounds. Yeah, and they wasn't so. enough time for them to to, to prepare for prepare for that. Yeah, you're right. I think yeah. so too. I guess the, the UFC, of course, they know what they're doing. They, yeah, they exactly. have their plans, and you know, I'm sure the next time that the the title comes up to for grabs, it's going to be really interesting and a way to make more money. That's right. At UFC 94 in Abu Dhabi, lightweight champion Islam Makhachev will face. Charles Oliveira in a rematch. Just one day off from being a year to the date since their first fight, Makachev became the champ at UFC 280 with a dominant victory over Oliveira. So my question to you, Daniel, mm-hmm. we going to see the same fight or are we going to get a different one this time? I hate to say this, but I think it's going to be almost the same because Makashev is going to be that one trick pony. I mean, he did look really good against uh, Volkanovski. He did stand on his on his feet, but whenever it push came to shove, he just went ahead and dominated on the ground. But haven't we been preaching Oliveira's uh, praises over this last year, and he's looked like a different, rejuvenized Oliveira? 
Um, yeah, no, of course, I don't think so. But I don't think that makes a difference when he goes against um, Makachev and his ground game. And did Olivero learn anything from the last Makachev fight versus Alex Volkanovsky? I, I, I hope so, because that will actually be put to test this this um, in, in October, isn't it? Yes, but you think at the end of the day we're going to get the same result? At the end of the day, yes, I do feel okay. like it's going to be the same result. And so with that result... Are you even excited about the streets match? Um, I am excited because there's always that chance that Oliveira does pull it off, and I think I, I will give I would give him that chance. Are you pulling for him to pull That's, it off? Yes, I am. So am I. Yeah. Yes, I am. But I I agree with you. Probably gonna be the same result. Right. Yep. Um. So we always talk about UFC every time we talk about MMA news and notes. But this time, this week, we got a little bit of Bellator news. Yay! Okay. What oh, a- combined with Ryzen, I'm in. Let's let's talk some other promotions. Bellator MMA versus Ryzen Two is July 29th, live from the Saitama Super Arena in Saitama, Japan. Why can't we get other promotions to start getting on this bandwagon? I'm excited for that. So there's a lot of uh, names that, of course, we're not gonna know or or uh, you know be familiar with, but the main event does have two names that we are familiar with. If it's heavyweight, it's got to be Ryan Bader. We have AJ McKee <sighs> wow. versus Patricky Fierre. Wow. So Patricky Pitbull. That's a mega fight. Mega fight. That's going to be great. And when is this again? This is going to be the 29th, July 29th. So more likely in the morning again because Good. just like we did anyway. Because right? nobody's going to watch it if they're going up against Spence versus Crawford. Right. 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 Well, that's exciting. Uh, speaking of other promotions, did you see who was in the crowd at the O2 Arena? I sure did. And so one of my favorite fighters from Bellator, or I guess we'll see if he's still there. Free agent now. Yeah, MVP Michael Benapage. <sighs> he looked good. Did he? I'm excited. Yeah. I'm hoping UFC signing him. I hope so, too. I mean, but do you think he's a little bit more past his prime? I guess we're going to find out. I guess so, yeah. When they sign him. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully they sign him. I don't know what would be what would be the other options. PFL, back to Bellator. Yeah, it's not back to Bellator. It's not Ryzen. It's not one. Yeah, it's either going to be PFL if they give him an exorbitant amount of money, or let's just see where he stands in the UFC. Yeah, UFC. Yeah, it is. Yep. Do you have any other new UFC news? I do not. All right. Well, that wraps things up for our MMA news segment. Now on to our Pick'em League. Okay, week 11, which means we have one week left. Uh, so you, Daniel, went 2-1 and one in the uh, MMA, and you went 2-0 and oh in boxing. Your win total is now 29. I went 1-2 and two in MMA, 2-0 and oh in boxing. My win total is 28. You are winning uh, the host contest by one, oh, going yeah. in the final week. Final week. For Ooh. our players. We have Brian at 10, Lynn at 21, Dom at 25, Omar went 5-0 and this week. Wow. 26. Dan is at 27, Everett is at 27, I am at 28, you are at 29, Daniel. Shane is at also 29, and our newcomer for the year, Loretta is at 32. Wow. That's a good cushion. That is a good cushion. Because I think we, we probably would have like, what, four – um, we we have uh one we have four yeah four matches and it's our last week so last week yeah I mean she could literally lose you know three and still win yeah possibly we'll see 
Well, thank yeah. you for playing, though. Yeah, no, thank you to everyone that continues to uh, submit their pick'em leagues uh, and their their uh, their picks for the week. And thank you to everyone else that continues to listen to our show. We hope to be back next week with a recap of this week's fights and predictions. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. That's it for this week. I'm Daniel. And I'm Alan. Have a great week, everyone, and keep your hands up. And happy fighting. We'll see you all next week.